Ron and Anian. They actually closed early yesterday because yesterday was a mental health day, I decreed. The car doctor. I came home Wednesday night. We were having supper, and Susie said, she goes, what happened to your hand? And I could see it. I had cut the knuckles on my right hand. And she said, you were working on something old, weren't you? And I went, yeah, how'd you know? She goes, because your hands don't get beat up when you're doing new stuff. She goes, because you're not doing anything mechanical. i got to listen to her more. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Podcasting and all the usual good stuff. Uh, other ways to listen to this radio show besides live broadcast. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. But you can call 855-560-9900. Give us a call. If I'm not here, we're live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Tom Ray, our executive producer and chief cook and bottle washer, will uh, we'll put you in the live queue for the next live broadcast. Um, I'll do a quick piece of email. I've been looking at this one for a couple of weeks now. Ron, my name is Mike Chevalier. I think I'm saying that right. C-H-E-V-A-L-I-E-R. Chevalier? Chevalier? Eh, Mike Chevalier. Kind of interesting. He's a Toyota mechanic. His first three initials are Chevrolet, but first four initials, but whatever. I'm an ASC certified master tech at a Toyota dealership in my early 30s. I listen to your show through podcast on my way to work in the mornings and sometimes during the workday. I'm really starting to despise the politics and the way customer service is handled at the dealer level. I came from the independent circuit years ago and missed talking to the customers and developing relationships with them as their mechanic. I get it, Mike. I really do. You know, that's the best part of this job. I was wondering if you'd give me some advice on opening my own shop and what was the best ways to go about that and what that would be. I enjoy helping people with their vehicles and, more importantly, educating the customer. I feel like all of this is lost to the dealer. I'm getting extremely frustrated with the level of customer service I can't provide here. It is my goal to someday open a Japanese-exclusive shop in my area. and I'd really appreciate any and all advice you give me. Great job on the show. You've earned a loyal listener. Live long and prosper, Mike. Um, you know, it's it, it's... It's really something, and, you know, you got to look at it like this. It's really something when, when, when your peers, somebody wants to listen to you. I mean, the rest of you guys have to kind of listen to me because you're turning on the radio, but here's a guy who does it for a living, and he still wants to listen to me. Um, it, isn't, it isn't that good in my house, for crying out loud. Uh, you know, starting your own shop. You know, Mike, I, 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 think, of, I think of the auto repair business as, as, as kind of like owning a sports team, all right? I don't think the owners of the Jets or the Giants are really football players. Were they ever football players, Tony? No. They're just business people. And I think that's the key. And I think, you know, if I had it to do over again, one of the mistakes I made was I thought being a good mechanic was an automatic key to success for owning a repair shop. And it's not. Because a lot of really good mechanics, guys better than me, you know, haven't made it because I think they're missing some key points. And I think some of those points, probably the most key point in opening your own repair shop is you've got to be an organizer and you've got to be a decision maker and you've got to learn to hand off tasks. You can't do everything. You've got to assemble a team. You've got to have an accountant. You've got to have a lawyer, you know, for, for even the little legal questions. Um, you know, you can't count on a brother-in-law or a brother. You've got to make decisions yourself. 
and you've got to have information at your fingertips. You know, working in the shop is probably where a guy like you will do best, but you've got to find the right front for the business. You've got to find that right person out front. You've got to be able to afford them, and it's not easy today. Finding the right people is key. You've got to look at your overhead. You've got to watch, you know, what are you going to spend per month? And then how are you going to calculate what you can charge per month? And then what's the demographic in your target market? Does the area support all Japanese vehicles or enough Japanese vehicles that you can make a living and, you know, put the kids through college if there's any and so on and get to retirement? There's a lot of little pieces along the way. The big piece, though, is you've got it. You've got the desire. And that's the most important part. You know, as I get towards the end, and I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. You know, I keep pushing that. I keep pushing the end date back in my head because I'm still not done. I still enjoy what I'm doing after 43 years, and I think that's key. If you enjoy what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. You're going to get to go out and do some real, and you're going to have some bad days. Heck, everybody has bad days. I mean, that's part of life. You know what? I appreciate the bad days. When I have a down day and a bad day, I know a good day and an up day is coming. That's the way God does it. He balances the universe like that. He gives us those. He gives us the down day, so we appreciate the up ones. But you've got the desire and the desire to help people and educate people. There's always going to be a place for a guy like you. And I've yet to figure out how, if, and when they could ever export our jobs overseas. They can't take our jobs to India to work on cars here in the States. It just doesn't work like that. They're always going to need people hands-on to work on cars. I think you've got to be able to say no to people is another key to success in auto repair. You've got to figure out who your customer base is. You've got to figure out who you want to work for. You don't want to work for everybody because you can't work for everybody because the diversity is too much. And, and, and some people just are flat-out nuts. Um, there's just no other way to say it. Some people just don't get it. They'll drive around with faulty brakes, bald tires, and an overdue oil change, but they'll be content because the air conditioning works, and they'll think the car is okay. I can't tell you how, after 43 years, how many people come in and they say, why do I have to change oil? What are you changing it into? I'm not changing it into anything. I'm changing the oil. Desire is the key, kiddo. Um, I would lay out a financial plan. I would lay out what you think you're capable of of affording. Um, if you're interested, and I say this for anybody, anybody who wants to open their own shop, I'll be glad to send it to them. Send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Years ago, I wrote a spreadsheet, cost of doing business, helps you figure out what it costs you to be there. What it costs you to be there, day one, dollar one, without ever fixing a car, whether you fix one car or a hundred, it's a spreadsheet to do that. It'll show you what your effective cost per hour is based on a 2,000 hour year working Monday through Friday. That's where you want to be. And then look at the numbers and crunch the numbers and then decide. You've got the desire. you got to put a financial package in place because it doesn't happen just from being a really good mechanic. And that's what you got to think about. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the question, and um, I hope I answered it for you. Like I said, if you've got any other, if you've got any other questions about it, um, Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. And if you're, I don't know where you are. It doesn't say here, but, um, you know, if you're in New Jersey, five or ten years from now, I don't know, come look me up. You never know what my mind is going to be at and uh, what I'm going to be wanting to do. Mr. Ray is wandering this way, so I know he has a comment. Yes, sir. No, I just wanted to say that, you know, Tony and I are having a bad day today. We're here with you. <laughs> yeah, but just remember this. Re remember this, okay? You at least have me. All I've got is you two. And your point? I've got it worse. So don't ever forget that. Oh. Uh, 
They're good. At least I made the guys on the other side of the glass laugh. Now I'll put my clothes back on and we'll continue with the show. Let's pull over and take a pause. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back right after this. For the best in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back. Let's go over and talk to Joseph in Kansas. I'm Joseph in Canvas. You got to be somewhere, Joseph. What's going on? Ron, an Indian car doctor here. How can I help? Hey, Ron. How's it going? Good, sir. What's cooking? Uh, well, I recently just scrapped an 03 Ford Windstar about two to three months ago. I'm trying to remember, but um, I was just wondering what were some of the major problems with those years? Ah, uh, geez. I mean, they had so many recalls. The rear axle recall was the one that really did them in. They had problems with the rear axle corroding. And What about transmission? Yeah, they had, we they, went through yeah, four transmissions. I was going to say, everybody, every, everybody went through four transmissions on those. Um, not an uncommon thing. And then depending upon what engine, would you have the 3.8 liter in it? Yes. So you had the three eight. So you had clogged. You had clogged EGR ports in the intake manifold, giving you fuel trim codes and misfires at idle. Um, it also had the intake manifold gasket issues, uh, affecting at cold temperature around one hundred sixty eight degrees, uh, created misfires. But you know, a lot of a lot of the major issues with that was the rear axle and the transmission. The accumulator piston in the transmission was made out of aluminum, if I remember right, and the next update took it to steel, and then it gouged the case, and then they had to do it again, and it was just a disaster. Um, it well, was, this one, the coolant was leaking into the transmission fluid. Yeah, and then that's the other. The cooler was the cooler would go bad inside the radiator, and they had they had they had problems with that. So, yeah, not just just you know what you took one off the road. Go out tonight and have a beer on us at. Uh, it, uh, you know, it's like you did it. You got rid of one of them. Um, you know, they um, they went a long time, but they were a little bit of a nightmare as time went on uh, in terms of holding up. They just didn't really hold up all that well. Uh, second question for you. I've got an 05 Honda Odyssey uh, okay. minivan. Uh, what kind of oil would you recommend? Whatever meets manufacturer's spec. I mean, I, I would be using synthetic for sure. Whatever the viscosity rating is, I think in 05, it's, I'm, I'm going to take a guess here and say it's a 520. So a 520 synthetic, but, you know, the major brands are all right there. Uh, Pennzoil, Motor, Mobile One, Castrol, um, you know, it's all good stuff. I think, uh, I think oil technology for right now, I'm seeing oil technology in my mind is sort of leveled off. And a lot of them are, um, a lot of them are even with each other. And it's, um, it's interesting. I read a report not too long ago that the oil companies are having problems because the oils are made so well today that, you know, that leveling off has occurred and no one oil is out ahead of another uh, for the immediate future. Where it goes three months or six months from now, that's anybody's guess. But you're seeing technology um, keeping things even, sort of like the way in, in, in sports, right? The, uh, yep. the, the the NFL draft or the Major League Baseball draft, you know, they've each team has X number of good players and levels things out. It's a very close race on most of them. Uh, you're seeing a lot of that with motor oils right now, too. A third uh, comment, uh, we just recently fixed the no crank, no start on our 92 Crown Vic, and it turned out to be the battery cables. Yeah, I could see that. 
Um, battery cables and are sure often overlooked. Nobody uh, stops to think about it. How'd you come to that conclusion? How'd you figure it out? Well, um, my dad was the one that figured it out. Uh, like you were saying, a little bit of cauliflower growing on the posts. You know, we just had to clean them off real good. And uh, we used a little bit of Coke and baking soda. I don't know uh, if you use that or what you would recommend. Hot water. Hot water? Be believe it or not, the number one cleaner of, of and, and the reason is, you know, in the life of a mechanic, I'm exposed to too many chemicals. All right, I'm wearing gloves all the time. I'm watching what I breathe. I'm watching how I'm, you know, in in, in the environment. And I, anytime I can eliminate using a chemical to do a job, I'm all for it. And in the shop, we've got you know we got a water cooler up front. It's you know cold water on the right and hot water on the left. Boiling water on the left. You know, and it's instant hot. And we'll go up there, we'll double up a Dixie cup and, uh, you know, fill it up with hot water, boiling water. Walk over to the car, take the battery cable. The battery cable's already off. And we'll just put the end right in the Dixie cup and let it sit there for two or three minutes. You'd be amazed how the crud falls off of it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's staggering. Like I was saying, yeah. I do appreciate everything you guys have got to offer with the... Uh, maintenance repairs and everything i enjoyed listening to your show i just like i said i wish we could get it up here in wichita way but it's kind of hard yeah so i listen to you guys on the delayed podcast which it works for me a lot easier i work in the maintenance field myself and at a ice rink and it's it's kind of crazy where automotive repair and maintenance stuff has to do with you know trying to keep up with the ice arena and no. stuff like that you know i think at the end of the day joe i think i think everything is everything is maintenance right it doesn't matter whether you're working on a car the space shuttle or the uss enterprise um it's 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 all care or an ice rink uh, you know and and you know some of the smartest mechanics i've ever met uh, are the guys that will walk into a house and tell you your chimney needs to be cleaned because the flu's not flowing correctly because they understand pressure vacuum when the front door opens. They understand how airflow is supposed to work, and they pick up on the little things, and that's maintenance, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, just, it's just all connected somehow, but I get it, brother. I'll talk to the affiliate guys. I'll see if uh, I can kind of steer somebody into the Wichita market, and um, maybe we can get an affiliate going for you guys up there and make life a little bit easier for you. That would be amazing. Got another question if sure. you've got time. Two for a nickel. Go ahead. How, how would, okay, on these newer vehicles, I was reading somewhere where they were looking at going to all natural gas or propane. Right. My question is, how well would they start in the cold? I mean, how would, how well, would they go? Up? Yeah, and that's a problem. You know, it's it's probably not so bad in Kansas or New Jersey, but, you know, get up to Minnesota where it goes. I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear from a Minnesota listener now, but where does it go in Minnesota? 25, 30 below? Um, you know, yeah. that, that becomes an issue. There's probably a method of preheating the combustion chamber, so you're putting cold fuel into a hot chamber to ignite and, uh, you know, instant temperature change. But, uh, you know, is it worth the effort? Listen, I think years ago the country would have gone hydrogen fuel cell and I'll never forget, I read a report, and, and you know, and the rumors were abounding in 2008 when GM went bankrupt. 
there was a lot of conversation about that General Motors within five years of 2008, so what would that have been, 2012, 2014, somewhere around that time frame, they were going to release hydrogen fuel cell cars for the masses. And, you know, the, the, the black helicopter conspiracy theory was that the government, not the government, but the oil companies uh, got wind of that. And that's, if you go back and look at the way the stock market tanked and broke General Motors back, it was, there was a, there, and I don't remember exactly, but there was a big oil connection there somewhere. And you wondered, did one big business try and destroy another big business for fear of one putting the other out? And it's going to be very interesting in the future. I'm really curious to see what happens. I think what's holding back electric cars right now is, and yeah, I know they're not perfect, but neither are internal combustion engines. But when you look at an internal combustion engine has 20,000 moving parts and an electric motor has 20, um, you know, you've got to think the electric motor's got to be simpler to fix. It's going to be really interesting to see how the world handles the change. And well, like you were saying recently about the self-driving cars, and we're going to eventually convert where our cars are going to eventually convert into airplanes. Right. I'm sorry, but I don't I don't think we're ready. Oh, I, you know, we we will be after the next natural catastrophe whatever that is. Um but, y- 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 you know what, Joe? I I look at the world today and I think of the coming change and are they capable of changing for it? I think people are basically good. They need to be shown the way. I think that not to get political or, or weepy here, but I just think that we've got to see we've got to see the error of our ways, and we haven't seen it yet. We haven't figured out why we're doing it so wrong, in order so we can do it right. And um, we've, we've got a spanking coming, I'm afraid, in, in some form or another. And I'm not saying you know natural. I'm not saying the end of the world or anything like that. I'm just saying we're going to come to the conclusion that gas engines are in it. And we're going to put more of our effort into something else. And um, it's going to be a dramatic change. The problem is the economics of it, because what's keeping gas engines here right now, in my opinion, is the cost factor, both in reality of it and getting rid of gas engines, the damage it'll do to the infrastructure and oil companies. And big oil right now, in my opinion, is still running the country. So, Joe, I appreciate it chatting, and uh, good luck to you down there, Kansas way. We'll do what we can for an affiliate, and uh, um, stay cool. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, will be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's get over and talk to Brian, Titton Falls, New Jersey, 09 Ford Mustang. Hey, Brian. Welcome How are you board, doing, Ron? Sir. Good, sir. Uh, long-time uh, listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Love your show. Thank you. Um, so I have a 2009 Ford Mustang GT convertible. It's the 45th anniversary edition, highly optioned car, automatic, uh, and I bought it new uh, as soon as I pretty much graduated college, got my first job, right. and uh, maintained it well. And uh, unfortunately, in a few months back, I was rear-ended um, and took a good chunk of the back out. It doesn't look that bad, but I guess when you go underneath it, it's doesn't look that great. So the right. trunk pan's taken out. The um, rear driver's side quarter panel's a little bit crunched. Uh, tail lights you know, need to be replaced. Um, you know, never be mind the bumper. Car runs and everything okay. Has 141,000 miles on it. Took it to uh, the, the insurance company. Totaled it, but I wanted to hold on to it to see if I can get it fixed. Um, and I can get it fixed for anywhere from about 8,500 to 10,000. But I'm kind of on the fence of is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Will it be worth anything? Being a you know, 45th anniversary model. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just looking for, I guess, some outside advice. 
Um, yeah, and I, and I, I know where you're coming from. It's more of like an emotional thing. I yeah, think. and that's <laughs> listen, dude. I get it. You know what? Yeah. Um, you, you know what? I had a '72 Monte Carlo in college, and it took oh god, almost 35 years. And the bug hit me again, and that's why I have another 72 Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden I realized my attachment, and there's, and you know, that's, and listen, you're healthy, kiddo. Um, that's what tells me that you're, you've got emotional balance. You're attached to a car. It means that you have emotion and feeling. I think that's, um, I think that's a good thing. I really do. It, it tells us who you are. It tells you who, you, tells you who you are, you know? Yeah, no, I grew up around cars, fixing right. them and everything else. Not to, the, not to the level of a mechanic or anything, but definitely... A you know your around. roots. Yeah, you know your roots, man. Listen, you know what you like. People go through life and they wonder and they're never quite sure why they're here, and then all of a sudden, you know, they wake up. But you know what? You got it right from the beginning. You got a good gift. Yeah. Um, the universe gave you a gift. Yeah. Um, I think first the biggest thing that concerned me was the fact that it was uh, one of the frame rails was... I guess damage and we need to be repaired. And growing up, I always heard about oh, once the frame of the car gets hit. I know it's a unibody. Yeah. Once the frame of the car gets hit, you know, that's, and, and you get a, rid of it or move on. It's a very different world today. They can they can straighten, twist, push, pull, a lot. It it really depends on, you know, you give two model cars to two different people and they both exact same kit and they're both assembled and they look entirely different. It all depends on the model builder, yeah. and and how much attention to detail and you know and how. You know what what their what the cost factor is. Um, you know, can a, a good body shop, a state of the art body shop, do a good job? Yeah, maybe they can't do it to the insurance estimate because the insurance estimate. I mean, listen, the insurance, the way the insurance companies write estimates, I'm stunned that you know anybody can fix the cars because I, I've seen the abuses, I've seen the the mislabeling, I've seen the misdirection. Um, is the car worth fixing? The first thing becomes, the first question becomes, what will it cost you to go buy another one? There's got to be another 45th anniversary edition optioned out car out there somewhere, right? Uh, same color patterns and everything else, maybe yeah, with less money. Yeah, I actually, believe it or not, it looks actually kind of tough because uh, Ford didn't make that many in that year. I guess it was a transition year. Right. So it's about a 2,000 of them, not necessarily in the same color and stuff. Right. Not that that would bother me. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of at that point, like, do I, you know, move on or, or so, you know, uh, if you can if you can find another one with less mileage, mm-hmm. and you know maybe that's the deal, and then this becomes the parts car. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're if yeah, you're, because the way they were going to fix it is, um, I guess, go to a salvage car, right, and kind of, I guess, cut it between the yeah, um, and graft the new the section on the back, the, yeah, you know, and the and the back and kind of graft on a new end, and that didn't sit well with me, right? <laughs> well, necessarily, I didn't um, know if that was the best way to repair it or not. You know what? A qualified metal guy and a welder. They can yeah. do. They can. They can do wonders. It's amazing what they can do. Uh, the, the, like I said, the question is how straight and square will the car be if it's on the frame machine? And they're, if they're doing it correctly, you know. Listen, there's 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 ten different ways to turn off a check engine light. Mm-hmm. Everything from fixing it right to a bullet through the dashboard. The question becomes: Are you finding a body shop that's going to fix the check engine light and diagnose it properly? Or are they going to put a bullet through the dashboard to get the bulb to go? Yeah, out? yeah. And, and the other thing I was concerned about too is, you know, is there any damage to the rear end or the transmission from right, the hit? Right, and you don't um, know it that. Drives okay, you. but you know, a thousand miles later can change, make a whole world of a difference. There's, 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 there's. Here's the other way you've got to look at it. Okay, let's say you fix this, and maybe this is the answer. You fix this. You spend ten thousand. Heck, you spend twelve thousand. You put twelve grand in this car, and it rides perfectly. It's absolutely pre-accident condition. Two months later, unrelated to the accident, the trans blows. It's nine years old. It's got one hundred forty thousand miles on it. The transmission fails. All right. Mm-hmm. Would you put a trans in the car? Yeah, probably. 
okay. knowing me. You got you to answer that question first. Yeah. You got to have a clear answer to that in your head. All right? Owning a car sometimes is like being married. You got to have the commitment. As long as you're getting satisfaction from it, you got to be in it for the long ride. Yeah, no. All right. Well, that's great, great advice. Thank you very much for uh, you're very you know, welcome. painting it a different way for me. Yeah. All right, Brian. You take good care. All right. Um, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's the relationship, guys. It's just how long are you into this for? Um, you know, paid, what did I pay for it? $500 15 years ago for the Ranger, the little shop truck. And Bob's a listener to this show. He knows what I did. You know, I gave him $500 for it. I was looking at it the other day. I think in uh, 15 years, let's see, we've done two clutches. We've done two exhaust systems. We've done brakes. We did two rear ends. Rebuilt the third rear end a third time. Um, we've put about 60,000 miles on it now. And maybe we didn't do two exhaust systems. Yeah, we did do two exhaust systems. Maybe we only did one clutch. But my point becomes, you know, we've put anywhere's upwards of eight or $9,000 just in parts in that truck. It's now got 212,000 miles on it. Just put the third fuel pump in it. You know, it's, 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 it's cheaper to keep her. And there's a car that I'm not emotionally attached to. An 09 Mustang? You know, it's, there's got to be other ones out there. And if you're not emotionally attached to it, listen, Shelby Jimmy. Did I tell you guys this story yet? Shelby Jimmy. You know, Jimmy, my friend with the, the older Shelbys. He said to me last month or the month before, he said, you're the only guy I know that could sell the hot rod that he had as a kid. How did you do it? And I said, Jimmy, it gets to the point where you turn off the emotions and you realize that if you can replace it and duplicate it, it's the same thing, just a different pile of sheet metal. And that's all it is. Um, you know, it's it's sometimes the childhood memories are a good thing to let go of. And uh, sometimes it's time to step up to something better and a little less mileage. It is like being married, isn't it? 855-560-9900. Ron Annie, the car doctor. Ooh, I'm going to pay for that one. Coming back right after this. Don't call us. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey, welcome back. As a matter of fact, let me just do this real quick for Brian in New Jersey regarding the Mustang. And we had a listener call in during the break, and I appreciate the call. This slipped my mind, but he's absolutely right. That vehicle will come back to you, Brian, that 09 Mustang from the insurance company now with a salvage title. That salvage title will have a direct impact on the value of that car, and, and you've got to keep that in mind, too. If you're, if you're repairing that car for an investment, then you know that's an issue in terms of... You know, it's not going to be worth anywhere near what you think it's going to be worth if it has a salvage title attached to it. So uh, just be mindful of that. Let's get on over and talk to Bill in Delaware. Bill, I think you're our first caller from our new, I'm assuming the new affiliate we've got down there in Delaware, WGMD, I think it is. Um, yes. I think, you're, I think you're our first caller. Welcome aboard, sir. How can we help? Uh, I have a minor problem. My check engine light goes on, and the, re the, the reason it's going on is my gas cap. When I uh, fill my car, I turn my motor off and do what I'm supposed to do, and I fill the tank with gas, and I put the, uh, the cap back on. And when I start the car up, uh, the check engine light is on. Okay. Is, is there anything I can do to uh, – somebody told me, well, you could put some Vaseline to give you a better seal. But well, I don't want to put, do anything that I'm not – I don't want anything going into the tank and stuff like that. Okay, is so anything that's so so is is it a check engine light or a check gas cap light? 
No, it's 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 a check engine light that goes on. And okay. when they put that tool under there to find out what the problem is, it's the gas cap, it says. Well, I don't know any code that says it's a gas cap. I think gas cap is listed as a potential source or checking to make sure the gas cap is on would be a, would, would be a more accurate way to say it. There's no there's no fault code that there there are, there are no codes to my knowledge that I've ever seen that you plug in the tool, turn it on, it's this code, boom, this is the part absolutely positively guaranteed. All right. So so don't don't fall into that trap. Now, to directly answer your question, if you take the gas cap off and flip it over, there's a rubber seal on the cap, all right? And right. that rubber seal has to seat and seal against the steel top portion of the filler neck, all right? Okay. All right. You know, Vaseline would probably help, but it gets kind of gooey and messy. And then the thing I don't like about that is, over time, a, a, a grease like that on the filler neck is going to attract what? Airborne grit and contaminant, Right. Right, And, right. you know, that's going to just grind into it and, over time, gnarl up and beat up the rubber O-ring or the rubber seal and the top of the neck. If you want to try something, take the cap off, look at the rubber seal. If the rubber seal is, you know, beat up, then maybe you want to replace the cap. Maybe that's the way to go about this. And, you know, we'll start there, keeping in mind that also look at the metal filler neck and look at the sealing area where that rubber seal seals. Is it pitted? A lot of times the filler neck has become rusted and pitted. In some cases, we can wet sand it. Just, you know, get some, get some um, you know, medium grit sandpaper um, some, or, or, and work your way down to a finer and wet sand the top of the filler neck, being careful not to let any contaminant go down the neck because obviously it's going to go into the gas. We don't want to put that through the system. So maybe, uh, maybe some uh, newspaper or a rag stuffed into the top of the neck that you can take it out so that it doesn't, you know, let contaminant go in and just clean around the, the, the ring area itself. Sometimes it's nothing more than putting a little rubbing compound on the tip of your finger, you know, like wax rubbing compound, and just give it a, you know, around the top. And, and that'll take off the, the grit and the contaminant and then wipe off the compound and then put the gas cap on. Uh, you know, okay. but if, if, if we want to start somewhere, that's how I would approach this, but I wouldn't put Vaseline. All right. Okay. Um, just, I appreciate you, John. You're very welcome, sir. Good luck to you. Let's uh, let's get on over and talk to. Well, we got time yet? Yeah. Let's get on over and talk to Glenn in Philly, and uh, see what's going on here. Yeah, Glenn. What can I do for you, sir? Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good, sir. What's cooking? Uh, two questions comparing two different cars. Uh, the first one is a late model car, the uh, Highlander. Okay. Um, comparing to 2015 and 2016, I know in 16, if I'm right, they upgraded from a six to an eight-speed trans. Yeah, they did some changes with the motor. I think it um, it might have cylinder deactivation, and that, that I just right. want to hear your opinion. I'm sorry. That that sounds right. Um, my my, yeah. my my opinion is basically less is more. I'm a I'm a okay. I'm a fan of less is more. You know, it's um, I keep thinking I better go out and buy a new car this year because I'm afraid what next year's model is going to look like on anything. And <laughs> you know, it's 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 you know, for every for every increase in technology, and every time we ooh the next bell and whistle, um, you know, we, we in my mind we've just added a more expensive way and a more expensive thing to break. You know, somebody somebody asked me again this year, hey, did you go to the auto show in New York this year? And I said no, and they said why not? And I said the same answer I've given for the past thirty plus years, because I got tired of going. Because I go and I see all these latest whiz-bang, oh, isn't this great? Oh, my God, this is so exciting. And I look at it and I go, 
yeah, and in five years it's going to be in my shop because nobody else can fix it, and it's broken, and um, <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with it. And, you know, it's, it's you know, cars, cars are not designed by mechanics. They're designed by engineers, and even more so than engineers, they're designed by marketing companies. It's, it's what can we get to sell so that we can come up with the next thing, and, oh, when it breaks, hey, where will they be at what point in mileage, and can they afford to buy the next latest, greatest bell and whistle? And, um, right. you know, just I was looking at Ford Explorers and I like Ford. I really do. I think Ford's got a great product. And my, one of my concerns right now is Ford is doing an awful lot and has been for a while with the EcoBoost motors, with the turbo motors. Right. And, yeah. you know, I, gee, do I really need a turbo? Do I need another thing on there to brake to yeah. make the car move? And, um, you know, I wonder. Hey, Glenn, I think there's a second part to your question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, hang on for a second. Don't go anywhere. Let me pull over and take this pause. When I come back, we'll finish up. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. CarDoctorShow.com. We'll return right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Annie the Car Doctor. Glenn, you're still there, sir. I am, yeah. By the way, when I come to Philly, yeah. Where do I get the best cheesesteak? No, I'm only kidding. Um, no, really. Actually, <laughs> wait, wait, let's finish your question first. Let's see if we have time for that answer. I'll have to take a ride. Um, what's your second part of your question? 2005 or 2006 Camry. Uh, a buddy of mine has an 05, and we each do a lot of city driving. We're both home health care um, physical therapists, and he loves the car. Right. And I'm actually thinking about buying one, and the ones that I'm seeing um, usually have around 100 to 120 grand on them, and I wanted to hear your opinion because some of them have four cylinders or some that have six. And I like the six a lot, but I'm willing to um, go either way. I just want to hear your opinion, which if any drivetrain is more reliable, the four or the six. Um, I think I'd have to give the edge to the six. The reason being I see a lot of oil consumption issues with the fours. But it's, okay. it, it, it will come back to who changed the oil and how much, how often, what quality, and what consistency. The, the, the problem okay. Toyotas seem to have, not just Toyota, Honda does it, Toyota does it, Nissan does it, Hyundais have it, Kias have it. They, they, they seem to fall into this, we don't need to change the oil till every 10,000 miles thing. And um, as the vehicles get older and the oil starts to varnish up and heat up, the rings start to stick in the piston groove. And then they start to consume oil. And once they consume oil, it's there's no turning back. You're done. Uh, you know, so, you know, proof of records of, of oil changes are key. This is, this is where the value of service records, in my mind, adds a couple hundred bucks to the, to the, to the, to the vehicle because you can prove what was done. Um, you know, and that just, that just becomes that much more valuable. All right, sir? Real quick, best cheesesteak in Philly. Where am I going? Um... Definitely not Pat's or Gino's. I would try um, um, Oliveri. I like them. Oliveri. A-L or O-L? O-L. O-L. Cool beans. Hey, Glenn, I appreciate the call. And if I ever get down Philadelphia way, uh, I'll look you and your Toyotas up. You have a good rest of the weekend. Wow, that just about wraps it up. Another great two hours. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. I know you got a lot of choices, and I want to thank all of you, including the two guys on the other side of the glass. Till then, I'm Ron and Andy in the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Man.